Glory to God. Nothing like being introduced by Jesse Lewis. <laughs> Praise God. I told him to be careful what he said because I had the microphone last. And uh, there are some stories that I could tell. The one thing about him is he is a hard worker. He, he works as hard as what he works his mouth. I, I can promise you, I can promise you that, and you can tell it's, it's, it's hard work for him, amen? Let's, uh, let's pray real quick, and then we're going to get into the Word. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the power of your Word. Thank you, Father, for the ability to communicate the things that you've spoken to my heart and given me, Father God, to, to give to them. And Lord, I was the first partaker of this. So I ask you, Father God, to be, be able to give me the ability to uh, just communicate it in such a manner, Father God, that it truly will touch their hearts, touch their lives, challenge them, and change them, Father. Because we need to come out of your presence, change, Father, by your word. Thank you, Lord, for all these things. And uh, just pray your blessings upon our time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, if you will. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and I'll be there some point before my time runs out, okay? I promise. I wanted to share some things with you tonight that uh, I feel like are really important. And one of the reasons why I feel like it's really important is because the Lord's been dealing with me over it for several months now, for probably six months or so. The Lord's really been speaking to my heart along these lines and telling me, look, you know, there's some things here that you need to see, you need to understand these things. You need to work on these things. And so it's like, okay, that's good, Lord. Uh, and, and then I begin to see them practically working out in my life. I was able to share along these lines a couple of different times. But, but uh, the, <laughs> the bottom line is, as, as I begin to walk through some things in life, anybody go through some stuff in life? Now, those that know me know I've gone through some stuff over the last 20 years. For those that don't know me, you know, this is your first time to see my ugly mug, uh, you know, bless your heart. You're, you're, you are blessed. But uh, I, I have been here for, for a long time. Not as long as Pastor Lee because he is here before the dirt. <laughs> he was actually here before Pastor Dwight or I either one. But, uh, but the reason why you typically hadn't seen me over the last 20 years is because I've, been, I've served in nine of the 14 locations that we have. So... Uh, you know, that's where I've been. Uh, I, I get people ask me all the time, so, so where are you at now? Are you still in Hugo? Are, are, are you still in Colorado? Are you still in, you know, wherever? Many, many places. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> so, so here's where I'm at. But just, that's just to up, update those that maybe are, are new and, and haven't seen my face. Here's the bottom line. I used to be known as Pastor Rick, one of the three amigos, and I had four girls, numbered one through four, and, and they were all known as Pastor Rick's daughters. Now the tide has turned, and I'm known as Pastor, uh, Pastor Gabriella's dad. No one knows my name anymore. I'm known as your Gabe's dad. Oh, that's really cool. You got a really great daughter. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. This doesn't come by itself, amen? <clears throat> and uh, there's three other daughters and a few other things that contributed to that. But anyway, let's, let's, get into the, let's go on with the word. I, I really felt like because even now as, I, as I'm pastoring, I, 
I, I encourage people, I, I advise people, and literally advising people through email and, and uh, on the phone and that sort of thing from all over the nation whenever they call in or write in or anything like that to the ministry. I have to respond to them. And so I'm constantly advising people, trying to help them in their walk with the Lord, help them understand things that they, they don't quite get or they're not quite getting. Sometimes I don't quite get it. Sometimes I don't quite understand it's like, wow, I've been praying over this for, for this long period of time. And, man, it's like nothing's changed, nothing's happening. And, uh, and so, you know, you have, to, you have to have some kind of answer. Amen. And, and I don't want it to be a wrong answer. And so as I begin to seek the Lord, as I begin to, the Lord begin to deal with me in this realm, I, I begin to, he be, actually begin to show me some things. And it's like, ah, okay, yeah, I, I see where I'm. I'm messing up here. I'm seeing where there's some adjustments that I need to make in my life. I'm going to share with you a story which is kind of backwards of how I typically minister. I typically hold off on the story, the personal story, until the end and, uh, and that sort of thing. But you know, I've got six hours worth of teaching tonight, and I've got 40 minutes to share it. And I've already lost five of those minutes. So, you know, Pastor Zach said, well, you know, you can come back next week and yeah, I'm not going to take that chance. So I'm going to say everything I can. You know, it's one of those, I was taught, you know, get all you can, can all you get, and then watch the can. Well, I'm going to say all I can and, and, uh, and that sort of thing tonight, and y'all watch the can. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, uh, here a few months back, uh, actually about a year ago, uh, I, we began to believe God, me and my, at that time, fiancé, which is, this is my wife over here holding the grandbaby, amen. <laughs> Stacy, yep, wanted woman of God. But anyway, uh, we were praying and believing God for a house. We needed a house because we needed to get married, wanted to get married, didn't need to, but we wanted to get married. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a greater need on my end than what of hers. But anyway, we, we, we wanted to get married, but we, you know, we were both living in duplexes. And, and, and that's fine, except for, you know, it's probably not a good thing for us to bring two houses together into one, you know, small apartment duplex. And so it was like, man, we got to believe God for a house so that we can actually get married and, and, and move everything into that house and we can live joyfully the rest of our lives like the Lord promised us. And, and so, so anyway, we begin to believe God in about March of last year. Man, we thought we had the deal. She, there was a house. She loved this house. It was her favorite house. She felt like this was, this is God, man. It's got to be the Lord. And, and, uh, and man, I mean, we worked diligently, prayed over this thing. And, and man, it looked like this is, this is it. It's going to happen. Six days before we're going to closing, uh, the, 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 the for sale by owner person, no one knows who we're talking about, so I can use those terms. Uh, all of a sudden, she, I mean, she just went off the deep end. I don't know what happened to her, but all of a sudden, man, I mean, it was like, wow, I've never experienced this before in my life, and, and, the, and the deal just fell through. I mean, literally six days before closing, I mean, it was like, that's crazy. And so uh, a, a few months rock by, we, we, we are looking, we're still searching and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and then there's another deal, and we can buy a piece of property, we can have, have a house built, we can have everything we need, it's going to fit within the budget, yes and amen, this is great, we'll get this done, it'll be done by March, 
glory to God. I mean, it's just been a year, but I mean, it'll be done by March, and and we can we can get in there and. And uh, man, whenever, whenever all the bids started coming in, it was like fifty, sixty thousand dollars more than what the budget was. So I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I, you know, I don't have fifty, sixty thousand dollars sitting over here, you know, in my piggy bank that I can break the piggy bank and say, here you go, you know. I, obviously, y'all don't know what that means. So you know, you can write your offering checks out to Pastor Rick Smith or whatever. <laughs> Anyway, just kidding, don't do that. But uh, anyhow, you know, so it was like, wow, what, what's going on here? And I mean, we worked diligently to try to make something work out there, and, and it just, it fell through. Well, in the process of that time, there was a house that she sent me a, a text and said, hey, can we go look at this house maybe sometime? And so I said, sure. I set it up, we went over, we looked at the house, and when I walked in the house, it was, it was one of those aha moments. It was, it was like, this isn't at all what we want. It's way too big for the two of us. I mean, it's two-story. It's five-bedroom. It's, it, it's on an acre of land which doesn't have any trees on it. We wanted to be surrounded by trees. Gabe showed us a picture the other day with, with, a, with a piece of land that had trees all around it. And, and there was an empty spot in the middle of it, and the house was sitting in the middle. And you couldn't see the house for all the trees, and that's what we wanted. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a private person, if you haven't gotten that by now. But uh, anyway, so, so you know, uh, I'm a private person, and she's, she's private, like, to the hundredth power. And, and so, so, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, we don't like that. There's so many things that we didn't like about it, but when I walked in, it was like, this is the house. I mean, this is the house. I know this is the house. And I just kept my mouth shut uh, because I didn't want to say anything to her. It was like, we got to have this thing to develop naturally, and, and, uh, and, and this has got to happen. Well, we're still looking for other things to transpire, and man, those other deals kept falling through. And, and uh, after the last one fell through, she said, can we go look at that house one more time? And I said, well, sure, I think we can manage that. And so we went over and looked at it, and, uh, and it was like, you know, I think, I think we want to make an offer on this house. Well, the offer was going to be much lower than what it was listed at. And I'm thinking, ain't no way they're going to accept that offer. And so we, we actually put that offer in. They come down on their price a little bit. And then we go back and forth four or five different times, more times than I can count. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was like we've come to a decision and, and we're going to be able to close on this. And we're going to be able to close on it by February the 12th. And, and we had already figured out we can get married on Valentine's Day. Unlike Pastor Dwayne, you know, I thought through this thing. If I'm going to get married on a holiday, it's going to be Valentine's Day. That's always February the 14th. And I'll never miss my, val- my, 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 my anniversary. He put his on Thanksgiving Day, for those that hadn't been around long enough to know that, that that's what he did, uh, they got married on Thanksgiving Day, the only holiday throughout the entire year that changes every year. <laughs> for the longest time, we had to remind him of when his anniversary is. Pastor, you know your anniversary is coming up this next week. Uh, what day? Well, this day here, <laughs> okay. And so he would be prepared, you know, we'd get stuff for him to get to suit. But anyway... It was a lot of fun back in the old days. But uh, anyhow, uh, you know, we had it all set up or worked out in our minds. And, and then all of a sudden, we got a, got a text from the, from the seller. 
And, and we find out because we wanted the, the acre of lot next to it, which would make us two acres and keep people farther away from us. <laughs> and we get a little more of the pond that's in the backyard. Uh, it, 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 all of a sudden, because there was an insurance uh, situation going on with it, uh, well, we're not going to be able to close by then. So, but, but we can have it closed by the 28th of February. It was like, okay, all right, that'll, that'll work. That'll, that'll work. So we gave our landlords a notice. We'll be out in 30 days. We'll be gone by March 1st. Her, she gave hers one. I gave mine one. Well, we're 10 days from getting closed or supposed to be moving, getting out of there. And, and I get, a, I get a, a, a notification that, hey, the insurance company's dragging their feet on this thing. I don't know that we're going to be able to close by the 28th. I, I hear the silence, but, you know, are you, are you feeling my pain? I mean, we've already set up the, the wedding date. We've already got Pastor Dwayne lined up. He's going he's gonna to marry us, and, 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 and uh, you know, and, and everything is lined up. I mean, the honeymoon's lined up. Everything's ready to go. But the seller's saying no. It's like, what are we going to do? And so, man, I mean, I'm kind of panicked, and, but, but yet I was like, I know, Lord, that you said this, and so what, what's up with this? And, and, uh, and, and we begin through so many different disappointments. She's like, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I just don't see how it's going to happen. You know, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, how are we going to make this work? I don't know. God will be faithful. Yeah, but we've prayed, and, and boy, that worked. It, it's going to work. I promise, honey, it's going to work. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Six days before the 28th, I get, a, I get a call from the seller. You know what he says? Insurance company still hadn't got back with us. There's no way that we're going to close on this thing by then. We're going to have to move it into March. It's like, man, dude, I'm telling you, we're going to be living on the streets on March 1st. Uh, something's got to give here. I, I don't know what the deal is. And I'm praying. My girls are praying. She's praying. Uh, friends are praying. There's, there's other family members that are praying. I ran into Pastor Dwayne in the, in the hallway of the, of the, of the offices, and, uh, and he wanted to talk to me. So typically that means I'm moving to another location. But <laughs> can I have five minutes? Yeah, sure. And I go in there. Can you go to Sherman? Well, Sure, if that's where you need me, that's where I'll be. So, uh, you know, but, but thankfully, you know, that didn't happen. And, uh, and, and he just, in, our, in the course of our conversation about the ministry, he said, hey, how, how's everything else going? We still on for, for y'all getting married on March the 3rd and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, but I need you to agree with me in prayer. We need this, we need this insurance to come through for me because they're not, they're not responding and they need to get this thing settled so that we can be freed up. They can be freed up on that. We can get this thing closed. And, uh, and so he prayed for me, and I'm thinking, I'll get a call this afternoon. You know what? There was no call that afternoon. There was no call the next afternoon. I mean, two or three days goes by, and there's still no call. And I think that was about 10 days, two weeks out. And uh, about five days out, I'm praying personally before the Lord, and I'm saying, Lord, look, what's the deal here? I'm not, I'm not getting this. I, I'm, I'm confused because... We're praying over this thing, and either we're praying and you are, are, are uh, against us having this house, 
you don't want us to have this house or something better. We're either, we're either fighting you or we're fighting the devil. And I don't know which one it is right now. Anybody ever been there? It's like, you know, if it was a healing issue, I can go to the Word and say, here's what the Word of God says. By Jesus' stripes, I were healed. Healing is mine. It's bought and paid for. There ain't no, there ain't no doubt what I have. It is mine. So the sickness and disease has to bow its knee. Amen? But there is no place in the Word of God that says you are to live at this address in Durant, Oklahoma at this time and close on this date. It's just not in there. If you find it, let me know, but I, it's, it's not there. And so it's like, Lord, are, are you resisting us? Or is this the enemy? And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying, Lord. And he said, okay, I get that, but what are you doing? I said, I'm praying. And I mean, we go back and forth over this about three or four times because I'm thinking the father, he's just not understanding. <laughs> he's, he is the ancient of days. So, you know, I mean, he's obviously losing a little bit of his memory or something because <laughs> he doesn't know I've already answered this question about four times. <laughs> And he said, no, Rick, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm praying, Stacy's praying, all the girls are praying, Pastor Dwayne's praying. I mean, my God, Dwayne and I have stood next to a person who raised them from the dead. I mean, we've raised someone from the dead. Why can't we raise this, this house deal from the dead and get this thing done? I don't get it. And he said, Rick, what are you doing? I've given you authority in the earth. What are you doing with it? What are you doing? You just got through sharing these things with an entire group of people. What are you doing with what I've given you? And man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I've not taken the rightful place of authority over this situation and and spoken to this mountain, commanded it to be removed and cast into the sea. And, and, and I've not done what I need to be doing. You know what I did? I jumped in my pickup. And I didn't have to do this. I just, it's just a part of me and my makeup. It's like, all right, you know, I've been pushed too far here. Bless God, I'm, I'm coming back with, you know, guns blazing. And so I jump in the truck and I drive over there and I drive around the entire, the entire area, neighborhood, and I, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, and I took authority over the enemy. I bound the enemy. I, and I, w I wasn't praying. I was saying. A lot of times in the kingdom of God, the reason why we're not seeing results is because we're praying a lot. But everything we're saying is the opposite of what we're praying. And we're getting what we're saying, but we're not getting what we're praying. And that's a, that's a problem, guys. It really is a problem. And I found that it was a problem in my own heart and in my own life. And it was like, I have to change some things here. And so I begin to declare, this is what's going to transpire. And that Saturday evening or Sunday morning, I can't remember which one it was. I just remember I was passionate about it. I, I drove around that community and I said... Those insurance agents that are holding this thing up for no reason whatsoever, 
They will not be able to sleep. They will not be able to eat. They will not be able to enjoy this weekend because all they can think about is we have got to get this deal closed for, for whatever reasons because we've got to get it closed. And on Monday morning when they walk in the office, that'll be the first thing on their mind, the only thing on their mind, and they can't think about anything else until they call the seller and say, we've agreed on a price, this is what it's going to be, and we can get this thing done, and let's get it done now. Yeah. Monday morning, I'm at work, and I'm doing my thing, and I have to go do a hospital call or something like that, and, and I, I head there, and I... I, I see a, a text message, text message about, about 9, 10, 10 after 9, so it would be right after an office has opened up, because I know the insurance agents, and if you're in here and you're in the insurance business, I'm not casting any stones, but you know, you probably open your office around 9, 10, 11 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> anyway, about 10 minutes after 9, I get a text message from the seller, and he says, hey, They've agreed to a price. I should have the check by tomorrow, and we can close on Thursday. That was on Monday. It was like, yes and amen. So I text Stacy. I text the girls. Hey, glory to God, here's where we're at. Thank you, Jesus. Things are moving forward. The next day, it's nearly due time. I hadn't heard anything. So I shoot him a text. Hey, where are we at? Heard anything? No, I hadn't heard anything. So I go eat on my way back. As I'm driving, it's like, all right, Lord, uh, <clears throat> this isn't an issue with you. I'm just declaring once again, we will be closed by Thursday, the 28th, and we will be able to move in, and all this will be taken care of, and we'll be able to move forward in this situation. And, and, and that money will be in his office this afternoon in his account, and we'll be able to close on this because the lender has to have two days to be able to settle all their stuff to where we can go to closing. I didn't get that out of my mouth, and I got a text message. They're on their way to my office with a check in hand. The next day, or that afternoon, I, I text, hey, have you, have you got that? Yeah, we got it. It's all taken care of. Contacted the lender. The lender says, hey, you know, we're good to go. And then a few hours later, he texts and says, boy, boy, there's a major problem here. I just, I don't think we'll be able to do this because of this right here. I just don't think it's going to work. And, and man, you know, I mean, we're, we're just not going to be able to do this. And it's like, look, there's no way that we can't close this thing. It, it, that's just crazy. Everything's in order. There's no reason for that to transpire. So everything is going to be all right. Well, no, I'm telling you, I just, I mean, I've spent 30 minutes on the phone with him, listening to his sob story of why this isn't going to work. And I said, okay. So I hung up the phone. You know what I did? In the name of Jesus, we have favor with whoever it is that he's talking to, and, and everything's going to be fine, and they're going to let us know, hey, it's, it's a good deal. Go for it. About 30 minutes or so later, or, or an hour or so, I get, a, I get an email from, hey, it, it's all, all right. We got it all taken care of. It's good. Everything's fine. I mean, this guy that was panicked, now is all, you know, he's on cloud nine. Everything's worked out. And so I send, I send an email to the, to the lender. I send an email to the seller. I send a, a, an, an email to, 
to Stacy. I send an email to the closing office. I say, look, we have to close on Thursday. You know, is there, is there a way of getting that done? I get an email back 24 hours before closing time from the closing office. You know what they say? My entire day is filled tomorrow. There's no way possible that we can close on Thursday. We'll have to move it to March the 1st, the next day. Well, that ain't no big deal except for I'm going to be homeless on March 28th. And so is she. And, 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 and that ain't going to work. It's just not going to work. And so I, 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 I look, is there any way that you can just squeeze us in? There's no way. No answer. 6.30, 7 o'clock, I get an email. My 2.30 appointment canceled tomorrow. <laughs> if y'all could be there at 2.30, we'll close on the house at 2.30. At 2.30 on Thursday afternoon, we closed on the house. We got married on Sunday, went on our honeymoon, come back, moved into the house. Well, we actually moved into the house before we went to the honeymoon, which is probably not a good idea because uh, it was kind of tiring. But uh, anyway, we, we got it all done. You know why? Because I quit praying and I started saying what needed to be done. See, we, we in the body of Christ, we've, we've lost sight of the fact of how to operate in faith. We, we've lost sight of what faith is. We, we've lost sight of how it works. We, we've lost sight of a lot of things in that sense. And we're praying a lot. And God is gracious and God is merciful and God is kind and, and, and that sort of thing. But yet there comes a time when we have to grow up and develop to a place where it's like, okay, we're strategic and we know what we're doing and how we're doing what we're doing. And we know why it's working. Yeah. Do you understand that? We have to know how it works. Uh, man, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm way off my notes, but I'm communicating the same things. And you say, I thought we was going to go to the Bible. We'll go there in just a moment, okay? And, you know, my time's running out, but we'll go to the Scriptures, I promise. This isn't just storytelling. Uh, my, my, my son-in-law, my son-in-law bought me this iPhone watch for Christmas. I mean, you spent big bucks for this iPhone watch. I know what it is. I know where it came from. Just like I know what faith is, I know where it comes from. It comes from the Father. The Father, God, actually gives to every man the measure. Say the measure. The measure of faith. That's scripture if you don't know that. Uh, <clears throat> he gives to every man the measure of faith, not a measure. See, because if he gives us a measure, then he'll give, he'll give, he'll give Danny you know, a, a, a teaspoonful. You know, and he's given Zach a a tablespoonful because, you know, I mean, he's the campus pastor. And, and he's, he's given Lee a cupful. Pastor Dwayne has, I mean, he has a whole gallon full that, that a measure that God gave him. That No, God gave to every man the measure of faith. It's all the same measure. What we do with our measure determines what that measure is like as we move forward in life. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I started lifting weights again, and, and the reality of it is I, I hadn't lifted in a long, a long while. 
several months, and I, and I got what I said. Uh, my, my belly got bigger, <clears throat> and my weight got more, and, uh, and, and, and I got in bad shape. And so I started lifting weights again, and, and, and yet I know that there's only so much weight that I can lift at this point in this time. And so I'll lift what I can until my muscles develop to a place that I can lift more weights. And then I'll add to the weights and I'll lift more and my muscles will, will expand and they'll grow and they'll develop and I'll develop in it. I'll get more confident in it. I'll get more, I'll get more stronger. I graduated from Toka High School, can you tell? Uh, you know, I'll get stronger. I'll, I'll, uh, my, my, you know, it's just all those things transpire. And then I'll take on more. Are you getting it? My measure, the measure of faith that God gives me, according to the amount that I'm using and how I'm using it, will, will develop in me as I hear the word and as I act on the word and as I begin to, to do these things that the word of God says. The, are, you, are you getting that? See, those are things that are vitally important if we're going to see what God's doing even in our lives through faith. I understand that this is an iPhone watch. I know what it is. I know where it came from. My, my, one of my three great son-in-laws got it for me for Christmas. Uh, I know how to update it. I know how to update it because whenever it sends a message to me, it says update, then I press this button here and it updates. But I have no clue how this thing works. Every time I'm with my son-in-law, he'll ask me, so, uh, how do you like your, your watch? Oh, I love it. It's great. I can look at it. It tells me the time. <laughs> it's 723. I'm, hey, man, that's great. Stacy can text me. It'll vibrate if my phone's away from me. It'll vibrate, and I can look down and say, Stacy, and, and then it'll roll right up there, and, and she'll say, you forgot this. And, no, she, she, she doesn't do that. But anyway, you know, and I can, I can respond. I can, I can push a button or touch something. I can you know, do, a, do, a, do, a, do a message and send it to her. Or, you're just really cool. So. And he's like, yeah, but do you like how that you can do this right here? And it's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I nod my head and act spiritual. No, I, I haven't done that. I, I don't know how that works. Oh, it's real simple. And, he'll, and it's like, okay. See, I'm clueless. See, it's that way with faith. If we don't know what it is, we don't know how to get it. We don't know how to increase it. We don't know how to operate in it. Then, then, then we're, we're left. I'm praying for all these things. I don't understand why they're not happening for me. Now, I told you to go to Hebrews chapter 11. I told you how to get there before we closed. And I'm going to keep my word. All right. Hebrews chapter 11. This is the great faith chapter uh, for those that, that uh, didn't know that. Uh, and I'm going to read it out of the King James Version here real quick. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report through faith. We understand that the world was framed by the word of God. By the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, 
by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it uh, he being dead, yet speaketh by faith Enoch, which translated when he should not, uh, uh, that he should not see death, and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, say without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How I many knows the scripture doesn't say it's difficult to please God without faith? It says it's impossible. It's impossible. See, I was raised in church all my life. I was born on a Sunday night, in church on Wednesday night, and I've been in church all my life. And, and, and that's the truth. My brother Harvey's here. He can, he can testify to that. But the, the, the reality of it is we were held under the law. Pastor's talking about that on Sunday mornings. We were held under the law. If your hair touched your collar, you're going to hell. If you wore short sleeve shirts, you're going to hell. If you went to the movie, you're going to hell. If you go to the rec center, you're going to hell. If, if, you, if you go to a football game, basketball game, you're going to hell. I mean, we were going to hell if you did 56 and a 55 and you died <laughs> without repenting. And, 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 and we do laugh about it, but it, that really was the way that we were raised. And so we were boxed in with the law, and oh my God, we couldn't do anything. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't even, you know, we were actually taught, I was taught that if you look at a woman, you've lusted after her in your heart, and you're going to hell. And if you didn't repent of all your sins before you fell asleep at night, and you died in your sleep, you were going to hell. I mean, it was you know, go straight to hell, do not pass, go, do not collect $200. I mean, it, was, it truly was that way. And then finally, faith came. I, I heard a word of faith, and it's like, oh, Jesus. I, you mean I can be made right with God by faith? By believing in the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ? That's actually what that did for me, is made me righteous? It set me free. It set me free. But folks, if we're, trying to, if we're trying to live under the law, the rules, the guidelines, and all that kind of stuff, but we don't have faith, it's impossible, say impossible, to please the Father. I want to be a, a Father pleaser. I want you to be a God pleaser. Well, if we don't know what faith is, we don't understand the commodity of faith, then, then how could we be pleasing to the Lord? We get trapped in the do's and the don't do's. Come to church. You have to be here on Sunday morning. You have to be here on Wednesday night. You have to be here. You have to serve in a, in a, in a growth team. You have to be in a, in a life group. You have to serve here. You, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. We need to be doing those things. We do those things by faith. quiet we do those things by faith we don't do those things to be pleasing to God we do those things because we love God we love people and we want to serve hallelujah that's the way it is three questions you need to you need to ask regarding faith and I'm going to run through these real quick in the four minutes that I have left bless my darling heart three questions about faith number one what is it what is it Faith, in the Amplified Version, Amplified Classic says this. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. You need to write that down. Title deed 
of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith is our title deed. Without a title deed, you don't own a piece of property. If you have a title deed, no matter who says that's my piece of property, if you have a signed title deed and it's in your name, that's your property, puppy. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. I have a title deed right here that says, by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. No one can take it from me. The devil can't take it because he didn't give it to me. Amen. Jesus bought and paid for it and he signed the title deed over to me. And it doesn't matter what my body says. It doesn't matter what the circumstances says. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. This is my title deed. I know that I am healed, period. Amen? Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the sense. The second thing you need to ask, where do we get it? Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. I covered that with you. And for you a while ago, we need to operate with the measure that we have at this time so we can expand and increase our measure to accomplish more. The third thing, how do we develop or increase our faith? Write these scriptures down. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I know that you've all heard that. So this this isn't new stuff, hopefully, but faith comes by hearing the word and we need to hear the word continually. A few years ago, I've, I've, since 1981, I've walked in divine health outside of one little setback here a few years ago, uh, and, and I went to a, to a seminar where it was just ministry on healing, and as I sat and heard the word once again on healing and divine healing and divine health, faith arose in my heart once again, and I realized, you know what, I haven't heard this in a while I haven't kept myself reminded of this word and I've let the enemy come in in an area and I, I had slipped in some things regarding divine walking and divine health. And as I heard that word, faith arose in my heart again. It was like lifting the weights again. I got stronger and I began to counter the enemy that was attacking me when it came to my physical healing and my physical health. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Another way that faith comes, Jude chapter 1 verse 20. I love this in the Amplified Classic. It says, but you, beloved, build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. See, we, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. So you need to hear the word. You need to pray in the Spirit. There's a reason why we need to be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Faith comes when we hear or receive a word from God, whether it's written or spoken. Pastor Dwayne puts it this way, faith begins and ends where the word of God is known. If you don't know what the word of God says or what the word of, of the Lord is to you, you won't have faith to tap into that to bring it to pass. See, I knew I'd heard from the Lord on that house and I had faith in my heart that I know this is what the Lord said. This is going to happen. And I stood on that word and it came to pass. And we're living there now and I mean, it's great. It's just great. James chapter 1 verse 20 through 22 through 25. Once again, like I said, how do we develop or increase our faith? 
by being a doer of the word and not merely listeners, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. We must act on what we hear. We must act on what we hear if we're going to see any results in our lives. Amen? We have to act on it. Glory to God. I'm, I've, I've ran out of time. Let me share these three required elements. And uh, these are the things that I really wanted to get to. And bless my heart. Must be the Zach anointing. <laughs> right? I'll blame it on him tonight. Uh, three things that are required elements in releasing your faith and getting results. Uh, number one, faith sees. Faith sees. Perceives. Number two, faith speaks. And number three, faith acts or responds. Uh, there's, there's examples of this throughout the scriptures that, that I can give you of different, different ones. Noah, Abraham, Jericho, uh, Jer- uh, whatever his name was, Joshua. <laughs> Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. Jericho, Jericho. Uh, anyway, kind of got that backwards there for a moment. Jericho didn't fight Joshua. Uh, but anyway, Joshua, all those individuals, can we, can we, will you give me five minutes to go talk about Joshua for just a moment? How many of you give me five minutes? All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, man, I got a whole hour. Uh, we, we got this made. Uh, Joshua, listen to this, because I, I shared with you, faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's a part of faith. Joshua in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, it says, Because of faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15, and then chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, and I'm reading this out of the Amplified Classic, and I've got it written down here just so that uh, it saves me time trying to get through the scriptures. When Joshua was by Jericho, he looked up, and behold, a man stood near him with his sword in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us? Or for our adversaries? And he said, no, neither. But as prince of the Lord's host have I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the, to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what says the Lord to his servant? And the prince of the Lord's host said to Joshua, loose your shoes from off your feet for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho, listen to this, fenced, a fenced town with high walls, was tightly closed up because of the Israelites. No one went out or came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given into thy hands Jericho, its king, and mighty men of valor into your hands. Let me ask you something. What did Joshua see? The scriptures already said that, that he's looking at the city it's a great city, walled city. The, the gates are closed. No one's going out. No one's coming in because they're fearful of the children of Israel. But yet the angel of the Lord took him there and said, See, I have given into thy hands Jericho, the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Joshua saw, Joshua saw Jericho taken. The scripture says of the Father God, it says that he sees the end from the beginning. See, God saw your end in your beginning. 
See, God called me, and he called you, and he called you, and every one of you. He called you in your mother's womb. That calling is not changed because of circumstances and situations that's transpired in your life. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God's not changing his mind on that. He called you before you ever got married, before you ever went through that divorce. I can identify. That's the reason why I use that as an example. He called you before you ever did that big piece of stupid and got yourselves in all kinds of trouble. And that calling hasn't changed. He's seen your end in the beginning. And you know what? He's committed to bringing you through to the end. To the end. Joshua seen the walled cities down. What did Joshua do with what he saw? He went and told the children of Israel, this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. He went and spoke that which he saw. And told the children of Israel, this is what we're going to do. I mean, you're t- think about this for just a moment. You're talking about two million people. They, are, they have been known for 40 years to be murmurers and complainers. And I know what everybody says, well, that generation died. This is the offspring of that generation. Wasn't, didn't you minister last week on, or was, no, maybe it was week four last, on, on uh, you know, who's your father? Yeah, yeah, you did Sunday. Uh, you know, the, 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 the son that walks through like this, you will know who the father is because the father walked through They're like their father. Amen? So, so these, these, this new generation, even though they saw their father's carcasses die in the wilderness, how many knows they have a tendency to go the way that father and mother went? And Joshua has to tell them, look, here's what we're going to do. You're not going to say a word. You're not going to mutter anything with your mouth. You're not to make any noise with your Mouth, isn't that amazing? With your mouth. And we're going to walk around the walls of Jericho one time every day for six days. And on the seventh day, we'll do it seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, when the trumpeters trumpet and the priests shout, then everybody, everybody can lift their voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph and the walls will fall down. Two million people, guys. Think about it. Two million people. And every morning they have to get up and have to walk around this wall. And they can't mutter a word. They can't make a noise with their mouth. In other words, none of this. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Boy, Joshua spent too much time up there on the mountain with Moses. None of that stuff. They had to keep their mouth shut. They did it for six days. Seventh day, they did it around seven times. Whenever the time come to shout, the walls fell down, 
and the thing that he saw come to pass. They acted on what they saw. Everything that I just got through saying. He saw it. He said it. And they acted on it. And it came to pass. What are you seeing? What are you saying? Not what are you praying. But what are you saying? And how are you acting on what you've heard and what you've seen? Those three things has to be there for you to begin to see the things transpire in your life that God has, has spoken over you and required to come to pass in your life. Praise God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here. Thank you, Father, that they stayed through my long, stinking story, Father. I just pray, Lord God, that truly it, it, it is at least built some type of image in their heart and in their mind that causes them to be able to judge and consider even in their own lives what has the Lord showed them? What have you shown them? What are they saying? And how are they acting on what you said? Father, we have the, the, the ministry teams that will come down and minister to them here at the end of the service. We have prophetic teams, Father God, that, that have ministered a lot of prophetic words over the last few years over this body of believers and over individuals. And some individuals are saying, well, you know, this hadn't come to pass and that hadn't come to pass. But Father, we need to judge and consider, okay, what have we done by faith? What have we said about those words that have been spoken? I really feel like in my heart, I really feel like in my heart that, that some have actually thought that You've received words from the prophetic teams at different times. And, and, and you've, you've actually, well, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I'm not sure if that's on or not. That'd be great, but, you know, I'm not sure about that. And, and, and then you're, because it hadn't transpired, it's like, well, I thought they was wrong in the beginning. The angel of the Lord showed up with Mary and said, Mary, this is what's going to transpire. You know what Mary's response was? Bid unto me according to your word. Not only did she agree with the word of the Lord, but she immediately went to Elizabeth to tell her, confess to her what had transpired. And she acted on that word that the angel of the Lord had given to her. You're going to have to act on those words to see results in your life. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for, for even that. I pray, Lord God, that you, I, I, in the name of Jesus, pray that the gifts and the callings of God that are on these individuals in this house would be stirred up now even by the Spirit, Father, and that, Lord God, they would, they would cease to look to man to get them where you said you was going to take them. And, Father God, they would be obedient to your voice. And, Father, they would truly act on your word and see those things begin to come to pass in their lives. 
I thank you, Lord, for that. I praise you for that. I pray your blessings upon this house. Bless us, Lord, and keep us. Make your face shine upon us. Be gracious unto us. Lord, lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Thank you for, for your listening ears. Pastor, Man, let's, stay on. let's give it up one more time for Pastor Rick. Wasn't that awesome? Man, that was good. That was really good. Ministry teams, why don't you come? Why don't you come? And uh, if you're here, why don't you stand? Everybody stand here just for a moment. I, uh, last year, in, uh, it was on the uh, very beginning of, of November, and I uh, had a good friend of mine whose uh, youngest brother um, was involved in an accident with a firearm and uh, actually ended up uh, getting shot in the head. The bullet passed completely through the frontal lobe uh, of the brain. And uh, he was up in, in Tulsa in the hospital. And uh, he's a good friend of mine. And when I found out about it, I said, I, I've got to go up there and I've got to see him. And, and uh, it was uh, very close to um, the situation in regards to uh, that, that we walked through as a church family. Uh, and if I'm off on the timeline, just forgive me. It's I, one of my problems is not being able to tell time very well in general. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what today's date is either. So, uh, and I don't know what time it is if I didn't have the clock back there. Uh, but I want I want to tell you this because very quickly I want to do something all of us together because I feel like it connects with what Pastor Rick uh, talked about. And uh, I'm getting kind of cold up here. Anyway, uh, but my friend and his brother had this accident, and you know we had walked through as a church family um, the uh, the testimony of baby Urias and everything that's happened in Pastor Jacob's son's life, and and uh, there was just being connected to to that situation as a friend and as a brother in Christ, and standing in agreement. Uh, with Jacob to see his son restored, one of the things that struck me uh, in, in one of the times when when uh, when I was uh, talking with uh, Pastor Jacob and Pastor Dwayne is uh, when they would go into into the room, the prayer, but also the speaking to, like Pastor Rick was talking about. And uh, I was I was listening to Pastor Dwayne talk, and he said, you know, uh, one of the times I went into the room to see Urias, and and I think I think Pastor Dwayne said this in one of the messages that he did, but he said I, I spoke to Urias and I said, Urias, I've got good news for you. You're, you're going to grow up to to be a good man, and not even if the old Lord please do, but speaking forth what was going to take place. Well, that really stirred something in my heart. And when I went to go minister to, to, my, uh, to my friend's brother, we went in there, and if I had time, I would have put these pictures up on the screen. But when I got there, you know, his head was swollen up so big, and he had the breathing tube down his throat. And, and, uh, and, I wa- and we walked in, my friend and, and his mom and, and, his, uh, and his stepdad, and we went into the room. When I walked into the room, I had that stir up in my heart, very similar to what Rick was talking about. And the Lord said, I want you to pray. I want you to speak. And I want you to talk to this young man. And I want you to tell him what's going to happen in his life. So I went in and I said his name. And I said, I got good news for you today. You're going to leave this hospital. You're going to have no brain damage. He didn't know Jesus at the time. I said, you're going to come to know Jesus through this experience. And all is going to be well in your life. I've got good news for you today. And we, we just spoke that over him. 
There's a powerful thing, powerful thing that happened. Uh, 20 days later, he was totally able to eat by himself, began to communicate. Um, By Christmas that year, he was back home. And uh, about two weeks before Christmas, I had my friend text me and he said, my mom just got to lead my youngest brother to the Lord in her living room uh, as a result of that accident. So this is what I want. This is what I want us to do. All right. I just want you to say this after me. Say this out loud. Say, my best days are ahead of me. My worst days are behind me. I believe God's got me. God's got this situation. From this day forward, I won't let my mountain talk to me. I'm going to tell the mountain what it's going to do. I no longer let the devil talk to me. I tell him what he's going to do. He's going to let go. He's going to back down. My best days are ahead of me and my worst days are behind me. I'm going through this. I'm going to win in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. Father, thank you so much for these precious people here tonight. We believe and we receive that word of faith that Brother Rick brought tonight. And I thank you, Father, that we would begin to speak, God. We begin to speak to those things that are in front of us. And we would activate the authority that you've placed on the inside of us. I thank you, Father, that there's anointed people at the altar tonight that are ready to speak words of faith, life, power and grace over brothers and sisters that are here this evening with needs. I thank you that breakthrough is what we're known for in this house. I thank you that miracles are just something that we expect every day because we know who's living in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that our best days are truly in front of us. And we say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven, all in accordance with the mighty name of Jesus. And the people of God said, amen. Love you so much. Come and receive ministry. Get your kids. We'll see you soon. See you Sunday.